0: This is a Squiz podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And
1: I'm Claire Kimball.
0: It's Thursday the 5th of October. In your Squiz today... A crackdown on visa fraud, fire and floods in Eastern Oz, our new sport, Hall of Famers, and a critter crisis at Paris Fashion Week. This is your Squiz today. Claire, the Albanese government is launching a crackdown on visa fraud. We're not talking about the credit card. This is about the immigration system. And it was Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill who announced this yesterday after a review found that there are grotesque abuses going on in the system.
1: So that review was done by the former Victorian Police Commissioner, Christine Nixon, and she found that there were plenty of cases of dodgy dealings that are affecting temporary migrants and international students. Nixon says that they include things like sexual exploitation, human trafficking, and other organised crime. And the government's also concerned that migration agents are getting visas for students who aren't students at all, and then trying to extend their stays in Australia through asylum claims and those are things that they want to stop.
0: So, O'Neill says they're putting $50 million towards addressing the problems. A lot of that will go towards recruiting more compliance staff to oversee these agents, and then they'll have increased powers to hand out penalties to the agents found doing the wrong thing.
1: Yeah, and compliance is a bit of a touchy subject in this because Nixon's review found that 180 visa compliance staff were cut between 2013-14 and 2022-23, that's very conveniently, is basically the term that the coalition was in government. And O'Neill took aim at coalition leader Peter Dutton over that yesterday. He was the Home Affairs Minister up until last year, and she laid it squarely at his door. She said that he, and this is the quote, was the person who oversaw the immigration system and its decline in resourcing.
0: Dutton hit back against that, though. He pointed to Labor's record on unlawful boat arrivals in Oz. His quote was, if you think I'm going to take a lecture from Claire O'Neill and Anthony Albanese in relation to migration and how to keep our country safe, you've got another thing coming. We know we have listeners across Australia and beyond, and if you're not in New South Wales or Victoria, this can seem a bit tedious, but what's happening with flood and fire warnings in this part of the country is quite remarkable, Claire.
1: Yeah, it really is, and it's been very hot in big parts of Eastern Australia. Uh, And then, of course, this week we've seen bushfires. And keep in mind these fires are in parts where the Black Summer fires were devastating, so it's been very traumatic already in October. Uh, for residents in the region of Bermagui, which is on New South Wales' south coast, also in the Gippsland region of Victoria. There have been properties that have been lost there and there are hundreds of firefighters who have been at it. But there is a cool change and that's downgrading bushfire concerns in those parts. Um, But the problem is that it's likely to bring very heavy rainfall and wind gusts of up to 100 kilometres an hour. It's just nuts at the moment. We're having parts of the country that one side of the week are getting fires and the other side of the week likely to be flooded all in those same parts. And it's just an incredible time.
0: Yeah. So things are cooling down and then the heat is due to return mid next week. So a bit of whiplash, as you say. PM Anthony Albanese and the New South Wales Premier Chris Minns visited New South Wales South Coast region yesterday Albanese said he doesn't underestimate the size of the challenge of a dangerous summer and the federal government will make whatever resources are required available. We mentioned the turmoil in US politics yesterday, Claire. A group of Trump-supporting Republicans were considering booting the most senior Republican in the Congress. That was House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. And they followed through with that plan. McCarthy's gone.
1: Yeah, so he survived in that position for less than a year. That was before Matt Gates triggered a vote to vacate his position this week. Gates and his Republican allies have been very angry with McCarthy. They say that he's broken a promise to push the Biden administration to get them to cut back on government spending. But McCarthy said that his ejection was personal and had nothing to do with that. Um, it feels, Alice, very much like a high <laughs> school drama with the sort of in-click, going against the guy that they didn't really like. Uh, and that's why McCarthy himself says that it is personal.
0: Yeah, he also says it was about getting attention. The Republicans have named their interim House Speaker Patrick McHenry. But aside from that, it's unclear what happens next. So as with many things in US politics, it's a bit of a wait and see. Some big names have been added to the prestigious Sport Australia Hall of Fame, Claire. Seven athletes will be inducted in about two weeks.
1: Yep, on that list we've got NRL legend Jonathan Thurston and the Socceroos great Tim Cale. And then there's a bunch of Olympians. So rower Kim Brennan, rowing coach Tim McLaren. There's an aerial skier Lydia Lasilla, also the wheelchair racer Kurt Fernley, and hockey player Nova Paris. Paris, of course, was the first Indigenous Australian to win an Olympic gold medal. That was back in 1996. It's Bruce McAvaney, the Channel 7 legend broadcaster who, is the selection chairman. Uh, He says that the inductees have excelled over a lifetime and paved a way for those who want to follow.
0: Two existing Hall of Famers will also be elevated to legend status at this year's ceremony. We don't know who they are yet, but they'll join the likes of Aussie icons Don Bradman and Cathy Freeman. The ceremony will take place in Sydney on the 16th of October, so pop that in your diaries. Speaking of Olympians, Claire, they're probably hoping France sorts out its bedbug infestation pretty quickly. It's, of course, due to host the Paris Olympics next year, but at the moment, it's Paris Fashion Week that's being disrupted.
1: Yeah, can you imagine you've packed your bag and you've gone to Paris <laughs> Fashion Week, and then you're just covered with a rash that comes with these bedbug bites? It's just an absolute shocker. And look, it comes after earlier reports this year that there were these bugs infiltrating movie theatres and that was shocking enough but now they've spread across Paris and also to other French cities and locals and tourists reckon they've seen them on things like metro seats and in restaurants and hotel rooms also at the Charles de Gaulle airport. Um, It's fashion week and it's really bad timing given these bugs thrive in textiles so there are people taking (laughs) lots of extra precautions including really thoroughly steaming their garments and And then when they're done with them, putting them in the freezer. So, yeah, incredible lengths that you have to go to to stay bug free.
0: Yeah, crazy times in the city of love this year. The French government is pushing for action ahead of the games next year, but one bed bug expert, which I didn't realise even existed, (laughs) reckons social media has exaggerated the problem. He says the infestations always increase in late summer with tourists moving around the city.
1: Yeah, how delightful. (laughs)
0: Squiz the Day, Claire. It's International Teachers' Day today.
1: We have a lot of teachers who listen to the podcast, so a big shout-out to you. Um we thought we'd take a cheeky opportunity too to plug our Squiz Kids live show, which is on in Canberra on the 14th of October. It's the first live event that the Squiz has done. So we're really keen to see how Squiz Kids goes with that. <laughs> um, I reckon one thing to do on International Teachers Day, if you're in that area, buy your whole class a ticket. I think that would be excellent fun. And Bryce, our Squiz Kids host, will do a great job.
0: Yeah, the whole team is so excited about that one. So if you're interested, I'll put the links to Squiz Kids Live in our episode notes today. And that's it from us. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with you tomorrow. G'day, I'm Kate Watson, co-host of News Club. News Club this week was an interview with Lauren Sams. She's the fashion editor at the Australian Financial Review. She's all over the business of fashion and retail, so I pulled her in to talk to us about fast fashion and ultra-fast fashion. In particular, businesses like Timu and Sheehan, who in Australia alone are on track to record more than $2 billion in sales. Here's a clip from that conversation. What is happening is that, it's recalibrating fashion as a single-use item. Mm. So when you think about something that's 6 or $7, you know, my, I bought coffee this morning and that was $5.50 and that that's a single-use item to me. You know, I, I have my coffee. Like actually is, like you cannot use that twice. <laughs> no. And so when you're talking about a dress that's yeah. sort of an equivalent price, people equate it with something that doesn't need to be valued. Um, you don't need to wear it again. To listen to the full interview, just search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow.